the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. As the partners of those who work in marine insurance know to their cost, the most important date in February is not Valentine's Day on the 14th, but the annual renewal round deadline on the 20th. This is another one of those industry traditions that harks back to Victorian times when the 20th of February marked the first day on which sailing ships could call at Baltic ports, which were typically icebound until that point. As a result, the entire world fleet now works to an annual cycle of protection and indemnity insurance from 1.20th of February to the next. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List, and this week the Lloyd's List podcast is focusing ashamedly on P&I. In good times, renewal is a formality. P&I clubs are marine mutuals that work on a not-for-profit basis in the interests of their members, and Pricing is held as low as possible, often below the rate of claims of inflation if investment returns can take the hit. But these are not good times for P&I. The yardstick insurers use to judge these things is the combined ratio. Broadly speaking, that's the ratio between payouts and operating expenses and premium income. A combined ratio of 100% represents break-even on technical underwriting and anything above that means losing money. Last year, every club was in negative territory, sometimes north of 120%. To top everything, there is also the issue of pool claims, the mechanism by which international group clubs share the cost of claims between $10 million and $100 million. This is likely to top an eye-watering half a billion dollars this year, and earlier policy years are still deteriorating. Take all this into account, and it's not surprising that the clubs have gone into this renewal round seeking sharp increases in prices, which they regard as entirely justified. Equally unsurprising, of course, ship owners don't like paying more, and their insurance brokers have gone into bat to keep those rate hikes down. So, who's winning? Well, our insurance editor David Osler has been talking to both sides this week, so let's start with the brokers. Dave first caught up with David Mahoney of Aeon, who argued that the clubs will get most of what they're seeking, but probably not all of it. So, David, you've taken a different tack from most other commentators and suggested that this year's renewal round is not a hard market, properly so called. I mean, what makes you say that? Well, I think it's a hardening market rather than a hard market. And I say that it's because unlike commercial insurers, they can literally walk away from the business, both the assured and the underwriters, where the club that isn't, of course, so easy. So it's difficult to get the level of increases that they're seeking. And they won't, quite frankly. They won't achieve all their general increases. Certainly not achieve those on business that is, has got a good claims performance but they'll get somewhere near it. And I suspect they'll revisit the same circumstances next year. I think you'll find that there'll be another round of general increases. Are they overdue? Perhaps they may be. There was a bit of a full start last year with some, not all clubs, trying to impose a general increase. So, yes, it is hardening, but I'm sure that there'll be not so much money left on the table. I think a lot of clubs won't actually achieve what they set out to do. Right. So if not 5% or 10%, what sort of increases do you think clubs will actually get? It's always uh, difficult to be completely accurate. I suspect they will get somewhere between 50% of what they're asking, certainly on a general increase. When there's poor claims performance, that's something different, and that may be slightly 
changed by variant deductibles, but certainly I'll see greater increases on those that are not performing well. But in terms of a base rate, I suspect they'll get somewhere about half what they're looking for. And I've no doubt that they, you know, when they put these general increases, there's one one mindful thought that they won't actually get what they achieve. And I know in years gone by when clubs have had, you know, two and a half percent increase, it's almost immediately accepted. It's an as before. So that, you could argue with that. But of course, that in yesteryear, that did stop erosion where now when you're talking about 5 to 10%, it's a big call to drag it back to and as before. You've got to have some compelling reasons okay. to achieve that. Okay, so you're a broker. Your business is to keep premiums as low as possible for clients, but P&I clubs aren't commercial insurers. Uh, mutuals have been suffering from underwriting deficits for a couple of years um, they've got regulatory pressures. Uh, the pool system is hitting record levels. I mean, what arguments are you actually using against rate hikes? Well, I don't think that we're particularly using arguments against them as such, David. And, and you may have seen, or certainly our clients and our global offices have seen the number of bulletins that we've put out leading up to this renewal to say, look, the, the clubs are genuine that they need more money. The combined loss ratio speak for themselves. The tap on the shoulder by Standard & Poor has even more further to that. So we've not made any secret that the clubs are looking to make um, some hikes in premium. But, of course, it's our job to keep that at a minimum. And a lot of it, look, you've got to look at what, you, what your rate is at the time. It's all well and good saying we need 5%, but what are you paying to start with? You know, 5% on 50,000 is not the same as on 100,000. So you've got to look at what, what the actual rate is. And we have what we call the Aon Quotient, which has, for benchmarking purposes, a note of every vessel, more or less every vessel of every size and age. So we can actually tell what each vessel should be paying. Then you factor in other risk factors, the record, and come up with a pretty accurate figure of what it should be paying. So that's one of the main arguments. Are they paying the right price to start with? And then, of course, we use all the other brokers, uh, which everybody else does. As we may move ships around. We may have arguments about how they're improving or growing the fleet. So there's a lot of, uh, if you like, perhaps broker tactics that to try to keep that premium as low as possible. OK, David, thank you very much. Next up to be interviewed was Stephen Hawke of Ferrari, who seemed surprisingly sympathetic to the club case, at least for a broker. But he's an old hand. And as he says, he's seen all this before. Stephen, uh, you seem fairly sympathetic to the club case for higher premiums, at least as far as brokers go. Do you think the clubs need more money? Uh, yes, I think they do. Um, and I think it would be naive not to believe so. Um, the clubs have been under unusual pressure over the last five years on downward rates, which they've been able to subsidise through uh, significant levels of investment income and, of course, very large free reserves. However, that has meant that they've been underwriting at a loss um, and that is not sustainable, um, particularly when they have the twin difficulties of firstly COVID and the uncertainty that that caused both in terms of potential claims and the downturn in the investment market, coupled with this unusually high amount of pool claims. With that came the sort of independent oversight of the rating agency Standard & Poor's who made it very, very clear indeed that clubs would get downgraded were they not able 
to correct their underwriting imbalance in the in the short to medium term. Right. I mean, the going rate that the clubs seem to be looking for is between five and ten percent. Does that sound about right or will they settle for something less in practice? I think in practice, we've found that they have been fairly rigorous in terms of keeping to their general increase requirement and indeed penalising owners with bad records beyond that general increase. There is some mitigation uh, on that general increase, either because the owner has agreed to take a higher retention, a higher deductible and therefore less risk, or in certain industry sectors which have been suffering enormously, there has been some allowance recognising the fact that in particular the passenger and cruise industry is almost at a standstill and uh, the offshore industry has also been suffering. So there I think clubs have uh, less reduced their general increase but been more liberal in applying more generous uh, rates for vessels that have been laid up. Okay, um, a report from Ferrari has focused attention on the size of pool claims, as you mentioned. Um, it looks like the pool claims could hit half a billion bucks this year, with earlier years also deteriorating. I mean, how serious is that situation? Um, well, clearly in the short term it's serious because those claims exist, and as you rightly say, they will deteriorate. There is a, a, a clear pattern of deterioration that goes on for three to four years before the final outcome is known. That creates a problem for the clubs because they've got to then budget forward based on um, the lessons of early history, i.e. the current level of pool claims, um, and hence in part why they've needed to get the rates up. In terms of seriousness, I'm old enough to have gone through a number of cycles of pool claims. And the fact is that pool claims are, are accidents. They are not specific to any one industry sector. They are not because of bad navigation. They're not because of any one particular cause or reason. They are pure and simple accidents. And you get every four or five years, a year like this one, where pool claims inflate enormously in comparison to previous years. I don't think this is, as some clubs have been suggesting, the new normal. I think it will settle down and we'll get back to a more normal level of pattern of pool claims. Um, but the seriousness of, of, of it at the moment is, is significant, not least because the rating agency is demanding that clubs get their underwriting in balance. OK, we're recording this on Wednesday with two more business days and Saturday morning before the renewal deadline. And so far... No signs of any major fleets changing hands, at least, you know, um, in the public domain. So what are you expecting? Um, I think that um, fleets tend not to change hands as often or change clubs as often as people might imagine. Um, they tend to grab headlines when a major owner makes such a decision. But it is still fairly rare. I think under 1% of the world's ships actually move at any one renewal. And I don't see that in this renewal that's going to be any different. Certainly, we don't, unless it's an extremist, recommend to our clients to move clubs. And the reasons that we do, if we do, is largely to do with service and a breakdown in relationship rather than the actual premium um, uh, aspect of it all. So I don't think that it's going to have a particularly exciting set of headlines in terms of major owners moving. Um, and I think it will be very typical of previous years. OK, Stephen Hall, thank you very much. Thank you. Next up were two leading Scandinavian P&I clubs with Guard, represented by Chief Underwriting Officer Bjorna Andersen and Skuld, 
by Executive Vice President Gregory Thomas. Skuld have reportedly had some business wins, most notably with Wa Kwong in the Far East. Mr Thomas refused to confirm that, but did opine that club hopping would be no greater than in previous renewal rounds, despite earlier expectations in some quarters. So Gregory, I know that Skuld has for some time now um, abjured the idea of general increases and chosen to go for ship-by-ship pricing instead, but your club had a combined ratio of 118% at the nine-month stage, so I guess you're out there looking for more money, right? (laughs) We have been trying, I think, on an individual basis, as you rightly say, David, to um, adjust some of the income for some of our members. we don't have the general increase. We've abolished that, as you rightly said at the beginning. Uh, it's all about the individual approach for us. But I think what we saw um, throughout last year was that the premiums that ultimately were being charged, not just by us, but on an industry-wide basis for mutual P&I, were probably not at the right level and haven't been for some time. And I guess that's led to the tougher approach that we've taken ourselves at this particular renewal to try to adjust the income levels uh, for mutual business and to try and adjust the risk to the right price. Right, but I guess you're under the same competitive pressures as the other clubs and you're going to be looking for the same sorts of increase as other clubs. So how's that working out for you in the market? Are you getting what you want or you meeting some sort of resistance to your quotes or how's it panning out? I think so far it's worked reasonably well. I think the individual approach that we have taken now for 10 years is widely recognised to be one that uh, the brokers and the ship owners that we work with appreciate. Uh, We take a fairly transparent approach as well to why we need certain increases or why certain fleets might need to be adjusted. And I think in the round, even without applying the GI that other clubs have applied, I think that we will probably be achieving the levels of increase for the mutual business that we actually set out to seek at the very beginning of the process. So mid mid to high single digit percentage points, is that fair to say? Well, we still have two days to go, um, but I think to a large extent we're, we're pretty much done with the existing business that we have. Uh, I think that um, I don't like speculating, but I would say anywhere between five and ten. Yeah. Okay. Um, At the time of recording, and this is Thursday morning, we only know about limited numbers of owners changing clubs, although I see there are reports of schooled winning business in the Far East, most notably Warquan. I mean, uh, what's happening on that front? I don't really like to comment on individual fleets that may or may not be coming into school but you know that we are seen as an attractive proposition i hope for for owners who may be unhappy with their existing providers to change clubs we do have new members coming in but at the same time there are members that will leave us as well and that's the same story with every pni renewal right but is this just the normal uh, renewal round turnover, one or two percent, nothing more than that? I would say on the face of it, that in terms of based on what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing as well in the market, 
that the number of owners actually changing clubs this year is less than what might have ordinarily been the case in years gone by. Right, so subdued, if anything. Um, final question then. Um, pool claims, which I know has been a big topic this year, and it seems likely that the absolute level will hit over 500 million this year, and earlier years are deteriorating. Is that anything we should be worried about? Or more specifically, is that anything the club should be worried about? Yeah, we are concerned. And, and being frank with you, that was the real driver behind the deterioration in the mutual performance for school last year. I mean, you pointed to the combined ratio of 118%. Um, that's uh, adjusted on the basis of our commercial income as well. I mean, the true picture, as we've been very open with throughout the year, is that the mutual portfolio, not just for us, but throughout the industry, throughout the IG, has not performed particularly well, driven largely by what's happened in the pool, both in the current year, which obviously closes on Saturday, and in the two prior years to that as well with the deterioration. So it is a concern. It's a bit too early to say if it's going to be a, a consistent level of claims each year. Uh, we certainly hope not. Um, but we have seen some fairly significant losses the past two years. And that is really the, the big driver to where we are as a club when it comes to the mutual combined ratio and performance and indeed where all of our peers are in the group as well. OK, Gregory Thomas of School, thanks very much. Thank you. Finally, Mr Anderson predicted that his club would bring his combined ratios substantially down by the time it closes the book for 2021 on what he described as a renewal of consolidation. So, God, as I understand it, you're going for ship-by-ship -ship pricing in this renewal round, but with a combined ratio of 116% at the halfway stage, you're looking for more money, I guess. Yes, I uh, would say that uh, the half-year stage was a little bit more dramatic than what we will see in the end of the year. Uh, but having said that, especially on the P&I, we uh, see that there are uh, some necessary adjustments to be done. Okay, and how's it working out in the market? I mean, uh, you, you're going in, you're making your initial quote, are you getting what you want? Yes, we uh, have a very strong renewal, uh, as it seems, uh, and... Uh, it is a, um, a renewal of consolidation. That's probably the theme this year. Right. In, in what sense? That means that uh, in uh, club, some clubs have more than one club, and uh, they are consolidating the fleet into fewer insurers. So in terms of guard, we have uh, some fleets that have put all their tonnage to guard this year and uh, some that have uh, put some, ton some more tonnage into guard. Right. Big name companies, will we know who they are when you're in a position to announce it? Uh, we do not mention any names, uh, but it's a good mix of uh, companies. Right. Including some of the big ones or mainly medium or smaller? 
it's both um, small and medium uh, and also some small and medium that have uh, moved uh, their uh, tonnage to us as new members uh, and uh, we have seen some consolidation from the big companies as well. Great. Uh, and finally, um, there's been one report from a broker which has focused attention on the size of pool claims, uh, which we know are at record levels and could even top $500 million this year. Are you losing any sleep on that score? It's hard not to fall, uh, lose some sleep uh, when it comes to volatility in marine business. But uh, when it comes to the pool claims, the uh, the uh, frequency of them has not increased and uh, the concern is more uh, whether uh, we will end uh, at, a, at uh, a higher amount on the few. So what I'm saying is that severity is a concern. Okay, Bjorn Anderson from Guard, thank you very much. Well, we can't wait until the renewal round closes on Saturday. And we look forward to reporting as the clubs reveal the outcomes in the next couple of weeks. But if you're not a Lloyd's List subscriber, you're missing out on the best and the most in-depth marine insurance coverage available anywhere. And you really should go to lloydslist.com to request a free demonstration, or better still, buy yourself a subscription. And that's it this week from the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. If you are enjoying the podcast, please do review us wherever you get your podcast from. It helps others find us and gives us a warm, fuzzy glow to know that you're listening. For now, take care and I'll be back next Friday with more of the stories shaping shipping.